Thank you so much for being our first podcast guest. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. First off, I'd love to know what inspired you to do the Disney College program. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was finishing my associate's degree, um, I had a little bit of time and I had no idea what it is I actually wanted to do for, you know, my real job, my big career, what my life was going to look like. But I had grown up coming to Disney World and I had grown up coming here with my family. And it was the one place where everything else kind of faded away. And we just had each other and we had our family and it was truly this magical experience. And, you know, I mean, when I was little, we would come every weekend, like for two years, we came every weekend because we lived here in Florida. So it was really easy for us to come. And so for me, it was like, man, that is one of my like core memories, not to like quote inside out, but like that is one of my core memories is Disney and how that attributes to my family and magic. And I was like, if I could do one thing with my life, I want to do that. And I want to make magic for other people. So. I found out about the college program, the Disney college program, in between finishing my associates and starting at uh, UCF, in, which is actually in Orlando, where Disney is. And it just kind of all clicked, and it worked, and it was great. And it's how I met you, so we're off to a great start. Off to a really great start. What was your role on your program? Yeah, so I've had a couple different roles uh, with the Walt Disney Company within my time. Uh, my first role was as a lifeguard on my college program. And I was a lifeguard for two and a half years, including my college program. Disney doesn't normally include college programs and like your uh, professional development, but I would say I was a lifeguard from 2016 to the middle of 2018. So just about two and a half years. Um, It was a super fun job. It is a very important role for the Walt Disney Company in the resorts. You know, you're kind of the first line of defense should there be an emergency on site. Yes, with pools, but also in hotel rooms too, which is something I didn't know is, you know, if there's an emergency in a hotel room, lifeguards are there as well. When I signed up for the job, I didn't know, but I I know now. Um, And that was a super fun role. I worked at 17 of the 22 hotels on Disney property as a lifeguard, met lots of great people, um, had lots of great experiences. And as I was becoming a trainer as a lifeguard, I got transferred to concierge in the Walt Disney Company. And I worked at Wilderness Lodge as a concierge for another two years. Uh, Had a great time there, learned lots of wonderful things, had so much fun there as a concierge, made so much magic, had some of the best magic made for me in that role. Uh, Because guests can make magic for cast members too, which is a super fun thing that I wish more guests knew they could do, even just by being kind. And so that, you know, that's one of my favorite roles I've ever had with the Walt Disney Company. I was offered a lot of growth in that role. I was offered a lot of professional development in that role. Learned a lot more about what it is I wanted to do professionally and what I wanted to experience personally. So that was one of the best roles I had at Disney. I took some time off from Disney and immediately came back, realized that leaving Disney was not for me at that time. And then I became a server at Chico. Chico is in Disney Springs, right? Oh, yes. Chico is actually at Animal Kingdom Launch. Oh. Um, it is the signature restaurant at Animal Kingdom Launch. Um, it I can't remember all of the super cool facts about Chico, but it is it is one of the, I think, 10 signature restaurants that are in hotels on Disney property. And it has the best steak and mac and cheese combo I've ever had in my entire life. It's so good. That sounds delicious. (laughs) So let's bring it back to the um, start of it all. What does a day-to-day look like as a lifeguard on Disney's property? 
Yeah, absolutely. So being a lifeguard was a super cool role. It was definitely um, my most stressful role. And that's just me, you know, explaining because you, it is a responsibility role. It is a safety critical role. Uh, you are responsible for making sure everyone in the pool is being safe. Everyone on the pool deck is being safe. You know, pool decks are slippery. Pools are can be dangerous if you don't know how to swim. So lifeguarding day to day was a lot of reassurance training. Disney was fantastic at training. Disney is by far the best company for training modules I've ever experienced in my professional career. And I like genuinely, because they want you to feel good in your position. They want you to know this position and they want you to know the job. We were trained by Ellis Lifeguard Company in how to be a lifeguard. You know, we learned techniques on how to scan water, how to look through water, which I didn't even know was a thing until you start doing it. And you're like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Like, this is me like looking through water right now. Like that is so different than like, you're just glancing at a pool versus being a lifeguard and you're responsible for this, this portion of water, if not the whole pool. So anywhere in your day to day could be you know, you come to work at like seven in the morning, you make sure all the trauma bags are accept acceptable and ready. So you're making sure that, you know, um, the AED, which is like a heart stopping or heart start, heart stopping, a heart <laughs> starting machine. You're making sure that is operational. You're making sure that we have all the equipment we need in this bag. If we need to get up and go somewhere, we have a trauma bag and we're ready to go and we're ready to go save some lives. Um, and you probably check anywhere from like four to 20 of those in the morning. And then you test the slide, which was my favorite part of being a lifeguard is you got to like walk up the slide, which you're not supposed to do, but lifeguards get to do it on Disney property. And you make sure that the slide is safe and that there's no like sticks or twigs or anything that might hurt somebody stuck in between the cracks of the connections for the pool slides. And then you get to slide back down the slide to make sure that there's enough water to push other guests and our, and our friendly little guests down the slide. Um, and then you open the pool and you open the pool and everyone can come swim. And then at the end of the day, you kind of do the same thing in reverse. <laughs> you make sure that the slide is good and that nothing was ruined, you know, throughout the day that nothing came loose or nothing, uh, had a crack in it, anything like that. You check the trauma bags again, refill anything that might need to be refilled on stand. So like we kept sunscreen on stand, we kept rubber duckies on stand, we kept vests. <laughs> just some locations, not all locations, but that was part of our job. And then sometimes we would have in-service training, which was training specifically to practice the skills that you had learned in your Ellis training um, to make sure that we knew the perfect way to do compressions, the perfect way to uh, provide CPR, the perfect way to provide the Heimlich maneuver. So again, these very safety critical things that Disney did a fantastic job. I cannot speak highly enough on what a fantastic they job, job they did in making sure we knew what to do in case of an emergency and how to respond in case of an emergency. So that was, that was the day-to-day -day as a lifeguard. The training sounds really like well thought out and thorough and intense in a way of just immersing you in what to do in any sort of chaotic um, experience. Yeah, it was. And it felt, you know, I, we had cast members because as you became a trainer for lifeguarding, you know, you were teaching these ISDs, you were teaching these things. And so you would have cast members that were like, this was really intense. And I was like, let's break it down. Like Disney has given us time. Like, let's break it down. Let's talk about it. This doesn't need to be intense. Yes, this is critical. And yes, this is super important, but this doesn't have to be scary. 
Like we're trained for this. That's the good thing is that Disney lifeguards, we are trained for this. We can do this. And so that was the best part, I think, for me as far as Disney's training for lifeguards is they gave us the opportunity. They gave us the chance to be prepared and to feel secure in if we had to save lives, which I had to save several, you're ready to go. You know, you're ready to you're ready to do it. And, and you can do it and you can do it well and you can do it without being scared or feeling like it's overwhelming. And that's awesome. That really is amazing. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite fun fact that you learned from your Ellis training? Mm, fun fact or like interesting fact mm, well um it's not really a fact but my favorite skill that we got to learn how to do and I never got to do it in real life was we got to learn how to like pull people out of the water on backboards so like if someone injured their back or broke their leg or you know and I never saw any of these things happen at Disney don't know how many times I can say that. Like none of this, you know, really happens, but we were trained in case of an emergency and someone was in water in severe pain and couldn't get out themselves. We were trained how to do it. And the, there's like a part of it where if you're, once you get them on the wooden block to get them out of the pool, you then have to secure their neck for obvious reasons. You know, you don't want their head flopping around and you want to make sure they're nice and secure. And so we would put these two blocks on the side of their face. And as we would strap their head uh, with the with the block strap, we would touch them and we would say Simba. Like <laughs> it looked like you were doing the Simba move from the beginning of the Lion King. And I can remember one time we did it in in an IST, like in a late night training to go over skills. And I did it to someone who had not heard that in their training in Ellis because they had had a new set of trainers come in and she was like, what on earth did you just do? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I thought this was like a Disney wide thing. It is still a Disney wide thing. So it was, it was cracking me up. I was, I, she had no idea. And I was like, Simba. That's hilarious. It just, yeah. it's a, from the perspective of somebody who didn't know that was had coming, no that has to be right. so weird. And, like, and then you think about the fact that like, if I had ever done that to someone who was injured, and just not because like I would do it under my breath. Like I Marissa, I just like sometimes yeah. do it. Like you're you know, you're trained after two and a half years, you do this like three times yeah. a month. You're just like Simba, Simba. And so like you imagine a stranger would be like, So I know, I know there's a lifeguard out there who has done this. Like I know there is. I wanna hear that story. We'll find them, don't worry, we will interview them. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> it's funny I love that (laughs) yeah it's not an interesting fact but an interesting like tidbit into the life of being a lifeguard so it is I also really want to know more about this climbing up the slide not that it's encouraged at parks like is the water coming down um in the mornings it was more so meant to be because you know you I'm sure you know it rains in Florida. It was more so just to make sure there was no debris that had fallen in the slide that was then going to fall in the pool. Like, um, for example, I would have sticks and twigs from trees nearby the slide, like stuck in between the connectors for the slide. So, like, I had to yank those out to make sure no one got hurt, you know, first time they got on the slide. Um, there's no water running when you first okay. get on it. We turn the water on after it's been walked and like you're walking it and like kicking it and touching it to make sure nothing's loose or exposed. Like, um, and then once you get up there, there's normally, it's so funny. This is like my fiance and I's favorite thing that we talk about now is like, he would be the one standing next to the button, the e-stop for the water. 
And I would be the one crawling up the slide to then like go back down. And he would wait to see me at the top of the slide. And when he could see me and I would like wave or like give him a thumbs up, he would press the button and then I would have to like ride the slide. <laughs> and so then he'd watch me and like every morning I'd like wee down the slide just because it, you know, brought a little bit more magic to the fact that I had to be wet at seven in the morning. <laughs> Kronk and Yzma. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing if you guys got Oh my gosh, could you even have one? A little more magic in the morning. <laughs> he's a, he's a, I have to have coffee before I'm funny kind of guy. And I would never let us stop to get coffee before he went to work. So he was, um, he was not his comedic, comedic self until about 1030. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so next up, you worked in concierge. What does a day-to-day look like as a concierge employee? Yeah. Class member. Yeah. So concierge was a super cool role as well. Um, like I said, definitely more professional based. Uh, I personally think it's like the best of both worlds because you kind of get to be involved in the parks as far as like I'm booking tickets for everybody. I'm booking fast passes for everybody. So I get to be in the really fun part of working in the parks where like I'm helping you book your vacation basically. Um, but I also got to be in the really like comfortable side of being in hotels because I was in a hotel and it, it's just, you know, I was in the hotel doing my air conditioning. Right, in the air conditioning, we did have to stand, and my costume was horrible, and I am allowed to say that now. It was an awful costume. I couldn't stand it. I looked like Anne of Green Gables for two years. But the job, you know, you'd come in. uh, I worked in the club levels as well, so that was a little different as far as, like, front desk concierge and club level concierge were different jobs almost completely. But... I could do anything all day from making fast passes, booking hotel reservations, booking park reservations, tickets, selling, you know, um, magical dining, selling boat excursions, some of our boat parades, selling fishing excursions, which Disney has lots of fishing excursions, um, booking golf tea times. I mean, my day was literally any and everything that they wanted to do on Disney and off Disney property. We booked, you know, we, we made it possible. I sold, I sold universal tickets a couple of times and it was, wow. it was the same thing they could have done on their computer or on their phone upstairs, but it was just easier to trust the Disney concierge. So we did it for them. Mm-hmm. We took their credit card, we emailed them their tickets and we were done. That was it. That was the whole day. And it was, it was a great job, you know, cause you get to have much more interactions with guests. Whereas as a lifeguard, your interactions are strictly safety based. Um, until like the middle of the day and you might do like a dance with your team or something fun to like say goodbye and hello. That's fun. Uh, Yeah, it's super fun. But as a concierge, I was always interacting with guests. I had some of, I got to make some of the best magic ever as a concierge. And I had some of the best magic made for me ever as a concierge. Um, I... I mean, I would I would sit on the floor with little kids and help and show them the Magic Kingdom map and show them where Cinderella's castle was. I would sit with little boys and talk to them about Star Wars and Hollywood Studios. And this is, you know, before Star Wars land, but, you know, when they still had the, the show. And I would help parents who had never been to Disney and they thought, but, like, booking a hotel was enough to get <laughs> to a Disney trip that had no idea. They, they had to have fast passes to get on rides. So they had no idea that, you know, 
there's a way to do Magic Kingdom or that there's a way that might benefit them with their kids to do Magic Kingdom. So it was it was a super cool job as someone who loves Disney and is, again, you know, I grew up here. It was a super cool job to get to kind of instill quite literally the magic that was made for me for these families and help them make it and understand it. Um, and sometimes it wasn't all that glamorous. You know, you do deal with guest situations. You do have, there are things that happen that are out of your control that sometimes guests are upset about. And that's okay because, you know, everyone's just feeling what they're feeling. I believe that. And you just have to, you have to be able to handle those situations. Guest situations happen all the time. You know, they're, they're, Every part of concierge is not necessarily always glamorous. It is fun, and I am a huge problem solver. I love problem solving. And Disney, again, with training, fantastic company, really trains you how to handle guest situations because guests do get upset. There are things that happen that are out of your control and more often than not out of the guest control as well, which can be really frustrating when you've spent all this money to come on this vacation and you know have this magic. That can be frustrating. And so Disney does a great job of training us how to handle those, how to fix those problems, how to fix those in a way that's frugal for the company and beneficial financially for everyone involved. And so it might not be the most magical part of the job, but it also is one of the most professionally developing things any company can teach you how to do is how to handle any guest situation. And that's what Disney gave me. And I am so grateful for that. So it just, yeah, every, the day to day just sort of depended on what you walked into. I hate to say it that way, but that's just what it is, you know? It's true. But you touched on how, um, the different scenarios that would come into play during a day to day, which is great to hear more about and learn more about what it's like to be on the other side of the desk in the costume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but not least, you were at Gico. What was yeah. it like working at Gico? Yes. So Gico, um, I wasn't there very long before COVID-19, which it's funny to think that like, it's almost been about a year since that started here in the United States. Um, I was probably with Gico for about a month and a half before we were officially, actually, I was probably there about a month and a half on my own before COVID hit, but I probably worked there two and a half months, including training, because again, Disney does a fantastic job of training. And in restaurants, there's lots more training that's necessary as far as like menu, guest service, safety hazards. Um, and Gico actually has a kitchen that you can view and you can actually sit at to eat out where they cook some of the smaller dishes. And it's super cool. So you have to learn like how that kitchen works and you have to learn how the big kitchen works. And you have to learn about all of the wines at Gico. Gico has the most African wines actually in the United States. Oh my goodness. Right. So, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but Animal Kingdom Lodge is the largest museum of African history artifacts in like the world outside of Africa. Wow. So I did not every, know that. Right. In every other country besides Africa, we are the largest museum for historic uh, African, historical African facts, African historic facts. We are the largest museum for that. So that's super cool. Wow. Yeah. It's super, super neat. So you have to learn all about Dackle and Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. We all call it Dackle. You have to learn about, um, you know, the history of this location. You have to learn about, it's funny, you have to learn a little bit about animal safety, not a whole, whole bunch, but you do have to learn because there are live animals at that hotel. So you do have to learn about the giraffes and the zebras and sort of take orientation for all of that, um, which takes time. 
And then being a server there was just so much fun because uh, I love wine. I'm a huge connoisseur of wine. And Africa actually has some of the best white wines in the world. I'm like, I genuinely believe that. Some of the best white wines you can have. And they're all fantastic. And we serve them all at Chico. So doing wine tastings was my favorite part about working at Chico. Um, And again, the guests. You know, the guests are there to eat. And I truly believe being a server is just trying to like make people happy through food. And if I can do anything, I can make people happy through food. So it was an extremely easy job as far as what my skill set is and what my personality is. Um, Being a server at Disney, you know, is obviously a very frugal position. It's a position that offers a, a lot more money than being a concierge or a lifeguard. And at the time, that was really what I was looking for. Um, and getting to stay with Disney and it was just, it was the best decision I could have made was to come back and do this job because I got to meet so many great servers who have been with the company for like 30 years and they were like, no, I retired, but I came back because I just missed Disney and this is easy and it's good and it's good money, you know? And so it was, it was a really fantastic place to be as short lived as it was. It was just, it was wonderful. Did you have any like legendary cast members that people would come back and visit in any of the roles? Oh so my god! Like yeah, we had all kinds. <laughs> especially as a as a concierge, we would have people come in all the time that had retired that were like, "I worked here five years ago," and like everyone from the back office would come running <laughs> out. They'd be like, "Oh my god, my love!" And they would just give her all these hugs and and people just. I mean, cast members make a huge difference, you know, and mm-hmm. make a huge difference to cast members. So yes, yes, we definitely for sure did in concierge. And then it's hard to pick your favorite child, but if you had to pick a favorite child, which, which, uh, favorite job, which job would be your favorite? Uh, honestly, I want to say lifeguarding. And I know that that sounds crazy considering, you know, I was a concierge and a server and they all have great benefits, but being a lifeguard mm-hmm. was just so much fun. It really was. Like, yes, it was a safety-critical role, but Disney made me feel safe in doing it. And Disney empowered me to keep people safe. And that was super awesome. And and I got to be outside all day. Who doesn't love, like, you know, getting to – sunlight is so good for you. And we were – you know, we had lots of sunscreen and UV protection, and we had umbrellas and hats. So, like, I knew I was safe skin-wise, but it just – it's nice to be outside and – I, my, some of my closest friends are from when I was a lifeguard. So there's a lot of sentimentality to that. You know, we Mm -hmm. met when I was a lifeguard. So like that to me is super important. Like the, you know, the experiences I had professionally and personally as a lifeguard made me who I am. And, and I, I do, I think that was my favorite job. You meet the coolest people as a lifeguard. You really do. Do you have a favorite story that happened while you were on duty as a lifeguard? Hmm. Well, there's so many. Um, I worked at Saratoga Springs for about a year and a half out of my two years there. Um, And at night, when we would close the pool, there was another lifeguard named Matt, who when we would close the pool, we would sing to one another. And we would sing, let it go. um, Or, you know, we would sing whatever we wanted. But more often than not, it was Frozen or Moana, because Moana had just come out uh, in that year. And so that's probably one of my favorite memories of being a lifeguard. And also, this sounds terrible. He's going to hate me for this. My favorite memory is of meeting my fiance. I mean, that's just, that's the most impactful thing that happened while I was a lifeguard. Um, We were 
you know, we, I hated him when he started. <laughs> he was annoying. I really did. I thought he was so rude, but within like six months, he wore me down and he came to a Christmas party at my house because I was hosting a gathering for all of the college program cast members and all the lifeguards in my area that didn't have anywhere to go for Christmas. And he came, he showed up and he was two hours early to Aww. this Disney Christmas party. And I was just like, yeah, I guess come on in. And, and we, I still didn't like him. I, you know, I didn't know who he was, <laughs> but I knew he was invited. You know, I knew he didn't have anywhere to go. So I invited him and we just, we finally got to talking and I realized, you know, this guy was a great guy and we became best friends for about a year. He actually became my roommate before we started dating. He moved in with me and all my roommates and friends because I lived in a really big apartment at the time. And then probably four months into him and I living together as just friends, we started dating. So that's so special. It blossomed from <laughs> from annoyance to <laughs> but I feel like that's how the best relationships form though. Really? <laughs> Not you. I didn't hate you. First, I was like, but... Did you hate me? <laughs> no. You're gonna live Never. together. Like I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy to think about five years ago. Oh my goodness. Oh, literally six at this point. Well, and oh my God. From when we started talking, it's probably closer to six. Oh my God. It's closer to six. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It isn't real. (laughs) We're all not a real thing. Holy moly. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And now we've had our moment to feel old. (laughs) All right. Now that we've discussed how old we are. Oh my gosh. Um, what is your favorite magical moment that either you got to create for a guest or they created for you? Oh, I have one that's kind of both. Okay. Um, and it's it's a little sad at the beginning, so like bear with me. My sister, you know this, my sister, when I started my college program, actually we found out she had um, a pneumoblastoma, which is a type of cancer in her bones. Um, she was the first female and the first person under 40 to be found with this disease. So like lots of scary tests, lots of crazy experiences that whole year, certainly um, eye-opening, life-changing. I'm so grateful and happy to say that she's healthy and happy now. She's recovered. There's no signs or traces of it. Uh, it was this It was this almost little blip in our life, but it was a big blip because we didn't know if she was going to survive. She was 16. She was really, really, really young. Um, and, you know, my sister's one of my closest friends. She's probably my best friend. I love her so much. I We just look after each other. We always have. And so that was a huge deal. And, like, I mean, she had to have so many tests done. And it was really, it was a really scary time. And you know, she's great and she's fantastic and she's healthy. And she's actually like 21. She just turned 21 six days ago. And she's oh. like, she had the best time of her life. And, and she's just like the cutest little button because she, for her 21st birthday, all she wanted to do was go drink wine with my mom. Oh, like she's just this sweet, adorable girl. And I always, I swear to God, every time I see her, I think she's 12 and I know she's 21. But <laughs> This all happened and, you know, uh, probably a year and a half later, I started as a concierge and my first day on my own without a trainer, a mom walks up to me and she's like, Hey, my dad 
has this disease and this is probably the last time he's going to come to Disney. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, what can we do? And she said, well, the disease is called anemoblastoma. And I like, I get chills every time I think about it. And I was like, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this. Because people who are in like the blastoma circle know like it doesn't happen to anyone under 40. I was like, you're not going to believe this. My sister is actually the first female and the first person under 40 to have anemoblastoma. And we actually just went through all these procedures to make sure she's healthy and happy. And I want to tell you, like, she made it. Like, your dad might make it. Like, don't give up. Like, don't give up hope. And so then we're sitting there and we're, of course, crying because, you know, and he's in his, he's in his late sixties and we're having this conversation. And so I turned to my manager and I said, I just want to get them something matching that they can wear in the parks or like something that they can, you know, like a necklace or a bracelet or a shirt or jacket. I don't even care. Something that they both have that matches so that if this is the last time she can wear it when she comes back and he's with her too. And so, of course, then I take them to the shop in in Wilderness Lodge, and we go through the store, and they both pick out this rain jacket, and they were both so excited. It was really adorable, and I gave the lady the no-strings-attached card to, you know, pay for the items, and he is crying and I'm crying and the, you know, the daughter, the mother is crying. And so we're all kind of just very emotional and he gives me a hug and he comes back to the desk the next day. I thought this transaction was over. I came home, you know, I told my fiance about it, but I thought this was over. He comes back to me the next day and it's just him. And he came and he found just me and he singles me out and he, you know, is thanking me for having done that. And we had spoken very briefly about the fact that like my mom wanted to be an astronaut when she was younger. And he, he said something to me along, I knew we were going to know you forever. Like I knew we were going to know you forever. And we're friends on Facebook now. He had a pen that only writes in space that he had found at like, they went to the Kennedy Space Center before they came to Disney. And he gave it to me and it was like him creating magic for me so that I could write him letters and so that he could respond. And so, and I'm happy to say, you know, I still write them letters every day or every week. And we still talk all the time and we're friends on Facebook and he's still kicking and doing great. And that was, that was four years ago. Wow. And so, yeah. So, or, you know, three years ago. And so it's, it's really wonderful how you can make magic for someone and guests can turn around and do it right back to you. And it like, I still have that pen. I actually just put it on my desk today and looked at it and was like, Oh my gosh, like it's arts pen. Like, yeah. So special. So heartwarming. It's very, very special. And there are so many moments like that, you know, that you'll have at Disney as a cast member. I mean, my first night on my college program in the parks, we they used to do like a Space Mountain or a Tomorrowland dance party at night. Do you remember that? The Tomorrowland dance party yes. that they would do in my yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was our first night. I was with my friend Presley. We had literally just become friends because that's how it works on your college program. You like become friends with the first four people you see. And then it's true. That's what happens. Yeah. And you go to the parks <laughs> together your first day. And we're at the park and this little girl is in the middle of the dance floor. She's got to be no older than like four. And she's just scared because she wants to dance, but no one will dance with her. So like I went out and I danced with her and I danced with her for an hour and we had the best time. And her mom and I are still friends on Facebook. (laughs) Like it's just, I mean, Disney creates the best match. And I wasn't even like as a cast member then, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like Disney just makes the best magic. It really does. There's no other way to put it, you know? 
I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. It's such a special opportunity to be a guest and be a cast member and just to be able to connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. What would you say was your favorite memory of just working um, on a Disney property? Oh, man. There are so many. Right out group. Well, I, oh, okay. Right out crew, right out crew was one of the best experiences I think by far. Um, it is actually when my now fiance and I realized we had feelings for one another was on a right out crew. So again, super important to me, serious, you know, very serious and loving memory for myself. Um, it's also super fun because like you get to stay at Disney during a hurricane and like get paid lots of money to do so, and they feed you. And um, at the lifeguard, there's really nothing better. You know, we um, we in right out crew. We did everything from throw pool chairs into the pool, throw tennis tables into the pool. And we're not actually like chucking them in, you know, you're tying them down and you're having, we always made the boys do it. I always made the boys. (laughs) Not that the women couldn't do it. We could have done it. I just didn't want to be wet all day. So I made the boys get in the pool and they did what I told them to do because that's just how it worked. And so, you know, we would, because it being in the pool, all those items, you're not worried about them flying away. They're weighted down by the water and the water that's also then hitting them. So the wind can't pick up unless the wind is going to pick up like 600 million gallons of water. They're fine in the pool. Um, my first ride out crew and my second ride out crew were both at Saratoga and I slept on the, the floor of the gym. <laughs> during the night but the second time I was prepared because I bought an air mattress and I slept on the air mattress actually no I didn't even get to because I had a pregnant coordinator who took my air mattress so I had I had tried to be prepared and I was prepared but it was not for myself (laughs) and honestly it was so fun though because you're with all your friends you know who are lifeguards as well you're with every single one of them and you're yes you're all sleeping on the floor but you're sleeping on you know mats or you're sleeping on towels and stuff to make it comfortable and you're spending most of the night talking and making sure everyone's okay and comfortable anyway so like you're really not you don't sleep for like 72 hours not really (laughs) but it's it's one of the greatest experiences it's so much fun What's uh, something that people wouldn't expect that happens during Rideau Crew? Um, well, sometimes there may or may not be visits from Mickey Mouse, Chip and Dale, oh. Goofy, and some other friends to the hotels just to kind of check in on everybody every now and again. Um, cast members actually who are, you know, staying for Rideau, uh, they we will do anything. I mean – Lifeguards specifically, but I know concierge front desk did it as well. Um, I was not a part of ride out the year that I was a concierge, that there was a ride out crew because I have two animals. I have two dogs now, so I had to be at home for them. Um, But like you'll do anything from, I mean, I made sandwiches in the back and put them in boxes to bring to guests rooms. We, We had activities in one of the great halls in Saratoga so that people could watch movies and color and play games and tried to make it as normal as possible during a category four hurricane in Orlando, Florida. But, you know, uh, lots of fun things are still available to do at the hotels. And I will say Disney world is the safest place to be during a hurricane. It just, they do a really good job. Yeah. With Saratoga, it's so spread out. And you said it was in like a specific hall that you held activities. So when it, 
like things died down with the hurricane. Did you offer that opportunity to people or was that available all the time? No. So it was not available all the time. We did. There is one um, section of hotels it's called the Springs that is like right next to the main hall. So we did have something that was normally going on. But for the most part, it was before the hurricane actually hit. It was right when we were in the eye, because I don't know if you remember, but in like 2017, the eye was like a day long. Oh my goodness. It, was it was literally like 20 hours long, the eye of this hurricane. So we hosted activities through the eye. And then once, you know, there was a set time, people had to go bunker back in their room and they had to be down and they had to stay in their room. And then we were back as soon as, as soon as the hurricane was dissipating, as we were on the, like, as they call, I think they call them like soft edges. Once we were on those edges, we had more activities. And then of course, lifeguards are no longer in those activities. It's more your children's activities because then lifeguards had to go pull everything out of the pool, clean the pools, all that kind of stuff. So is there anything that you've taken away from your time working at the Walt Disney Company that you now use in your personal life or you're just your new job now? Um, in my new job now, I am currently a travel and operations specialist for a Matrix Medical Company. So I'm working actually on the front lines of COVID. Well, not the front lines, but I'm on the administration lines of the front lines of COVID right now. Um, I would definitely say my communication skills have absolutely everything to do with the experience I gained at the Walt Disney Company, as well as my professionalism. I was not always this professional. Lifeguard Abby was certainly not a professional person. Um, at Lifeguard Abby was a fun person. Um, so all of my professionalism really stemmed from my concierge learning. Uh, it's made me the leader that I am today, which is super beneficial and super helpful for me. So I would say those two things, but like, there are so many things I've taken away from Disney. I mean, my best friends I met or cultivated relationships with at Disney, you know, like, uh, if you, if someone had told me six years ago that I would be sitting here starting a podcast, like it's being the first interviewee on a podcast with someone I didn't know that would turn into my best friend and I would have traveled all over the United States with, I never, I would have laughed in their face. I mean, like <laughs> what, we've been to Boston, New York and California together at this point. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. in California with you, but at least Boston, <laughs> New York and you live there now. And like, yeah, you'll come to California eventually once COVID's done. Once COVID's over, right. And I get my vaccine and you get yours and everyone's safe. And like, I never would have, I would never would have believed that like Disney would have given me, I mean, I have friends in New Zealand, Spain, Australia, France, some of the most, I mean, my, my fiance is from my time at Disney. He's the love of my life. My my roommate who now lives in Ireland, I gained from Disney. Like the amount of influence that Disney has had on who I am and who I want to be, it's unmeasurable. I mean, it just is, you know, even on just like a personal, if you remove the brand, the Disney, if you remove the parks, if you remove all of the entertainment, all of that stuff, what's left is still this really beautiful connection to humanity. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful connection to other people. And it's a connection to people that want joy and they want magic. And that's like the best thing I think anyone can take away from this life at all is just, mm -hmm. you know, that magic and connection and humanity are above all else. And so, I mean, it's just Disney has given me everything. It's really special. I'm really grateful that Disney's given us our friendship. I know. I like, I can't, you said six years and I was like, I can't believe it. I know you're right. <laughs> but like, I'm, I mean, you know, while, while we're here, I'll just tell you, like, I'm so proud of you. 
for what you're doing and the fact that you're starting this podcast and that you're doing something that's scary but fun and super cool. I mean, this is so cool (laughs) and so exciting. And like, this is going to make a difference. If anything, it's already made a difference for me to know someone wanted to hear this side of Disney because this isn't the glamour side. You know, this isn't, I was, I was friends with a character. It wasn't that I was, you know, it wasn't that I was in a parade. It wasn't that I was a singer. It wasn't a dancer. I wasn't selling popcorn in Magic Kingdom. I was a lifeguard. I mean, you know, I was this or that. And so this makes a difference. And this is super cool. And this is awesome. And I'm so proud of you for doing it. And I'm so proud of the growth you've had in the six years that like we've watched each other grow up. And I mean, we have, we've watched each other grow yeah. these past, like, we can laugh about it, but like, can you imagine? I was just laughing at six years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <It's> crazy <laughs> to me. <laughs> can you imagine us six years ago, if we looked at each other and said, this is what your life's going to look like. And like, this is who's going to be one of the most important people to you ever. And like, it's so awesome. It's so cool. So I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Do you have any advice for anybody who wants to go on to work for the company and get great friendships that we have created? (laughs) Yeah. So I will say uh, right now is a tough time to try and join the company. Yes. And that's just from a pandemic standpoint before this. And I feel once, you know, Disney has kind of regrouped and restructured and recuperated. The best thing, the best advice I can give is to just be yourself. And I know that that sounds so silly, but just go into an interview being fully transparent in what it is you're looking for, especially on the college program, because as much as I loved being a lifeguard, it wasn't what I wanted. And I feel like if I, if I had told them like, Hey, I don't want to do this. I don't think I would have. I'm so glad I did. I'm so grateful I did. It's made me who I am once again. But I feel like if you're honest and you tell them, you know, this is, this is what I want. And you show them that sparkle inside of you, you're going to get it, you know, like it's going to happen for you. So I know it's cheesy and cliche, but just, I mean, be willing to be yourself in front of someone who has a more professional role than you and watch how well it plays out for you. That's really good advice. Thanks. (laughs) Well, now it's time for the Magical Express round. So first off, I want to know what your ideal day off is as a Disney cast member. One of my favorite things was when you and I would go to Epcot. I love Epcot because we would just waddle around, like didn't, you know. um, Eat all the food. Food, right? Uh, uh, We would go to the French Pavilion every time and get pastries, and I loved that. Let's see. I am obsessed with Voices of Liberty. Mm -hmm. My favorite part of all of Disney, and so my perfect day would honestly just like from when they open at noon until when they close at four forty-five. Yes, I know how what time they're structured around. (laughs) I would want to watch it. I'd want to. I'd want to watch it as many times as I could. I believe it's seven times in a day. I would want to watch Voices of Liberty seven times. I'd want to have dinner at one of the restaurants in Epcot. And I know it wouldn't work this way, but I'd love to make it to Magic Kingdom by the time Happily Ever After played. And that would be my perfect Disney off day. That sounds like a really good day off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have any go-to snacks that you would get on your Disney day off or just in general? I love the chocolate-covered pineapple that they sell at the Emporium. And I think Goofy's. We mm-hmm. time. Yeah, that was, I don't know why, but I love that pineapple. Is it dark chocolate covered or milk chocolate covered that you prefer? I prefer the dark. Yeah, I'm a dark chocolate gal, so. I think the dark chocolate complements the pineapple better than I milk too. chocolate. I do too. I think it's just, it's got, like, it's 
bitter so it's a bit more with the salty side of the it's fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very tasty it is really good I wholeheartedly agree with that what about favorite ride or attraction oh my favorite ride in what part any see Haunted Mansion is (laughs) my favorite ride it's the most sentimental for me um so I want to say Haunted Mansion it's a good one. Either that it's really one. or It's a Small World from Disneyland Paris. That ride is fantastic. I haven't – I have to check that out. I don't, like, you know what you're talking about, but I'm sure it's great. Oh, it's so pretty. I love it. Does it compare to Disneyland's yeah. It's a Small yeah, World? Yeah, it's okay. pretty similar. It's pretty similar. It's got the I hidden do, Disney characters. See, they have more hidden Disney characters in Disneyland Ooh. Paris. Like, I want to say triple the amount that Disneyland oh has. But, like, it is – and it's just cute and sweet, and it's in French, so it's just – it's, it's so cute. I love that. Yeah. What about favorite show minus the Voices of Liberty? Mm. <laughs> Fantasmic. Okay. I'm obsessed with Fantasmic. I think it's fantastic. All What's your go-to stuff. snack to take to Fantasmic? Probably soft serve ice cream. Is there a vendor in Hollywood Studios? There. Does it well? I think, yeah, there – oh, my God, maybe not. <laughs> no there has to be I think in that like back part behind scoops and stuff I'm almost positive there is and I know that there's one in the dinosaur in Hollywood Studios okay and it's not always open but that's an that's a soft serve ice cream place I also love baseline tap house in Hollywood Studios it's like my favorite part of Hollywood Studios besides Fantasmic <laughs> so like if I could take the charcuterie board from Fantasmic <laughs> baseline to Fantasmic that's what I would do Disney's looking for ideas ways to elevate Listen. Fantasmic <laughs> that, would be, that would be the way to do it yeah I agree that sounds wonderful to me because I mean, I think last time we went, we got uh, Mickey pretzels and the very heavily poured um, something. I forget what it was. Oh There's God, just a lot of alcohol in it. Yeah, I think it, it had alcohol in it, but it was very good. Yes, it was really good. Also, pickles. <laughs> Hollywood Studios has the best pickles on property. The whole pickles that they sell yeah. in that like stand by yeah. the tower. Yeah. Okay. I have to pull one out of the back so it's like really, really cold. Like I stick my hand <laughs> down in the ice, but yeah. Hey, insider tip. <laughs> insider tip. Just keep digging. You'll find one. <laughs> just keep digging. Mm-hmm. And then, so speaking of insider tips, do you have any tips for going to the parks and just making a more magical experience mm-hmm. for yourself? Well, I will say my favorite tip that I don't know is accurate anymore, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is that they do release fast passes for major rides day of. So like, I've never booked flights of passage fast passes a week in advance. I always do them the same day and I always get one. Always. Um, You just kind of have to be consistent on the app and you kind of have to be like looking out for specific times, but I don't know if those times even really exist anymore, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say another thing, and this is again, super cheesy, just kind of like take your time. Like I know it seems like there's a ton to do, But if you rush through it, you kind of kill the magic. Like, take your time. Enjoy the fact that you're there. It's really beautiful. There's so much to see in all of the parks. There's so much. Like, every detail has been thought out. Just kind of take your time. Look around. Listen. People watch. Yeah, people watch. That was, I mean, that was one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Is there a good spot for people watching in any of the parks you recommend? Epcot, for sure. And I feel like in the Japan Pavilion and the the France Pavilion. I feel like you can do a lot of good people watching there. 
get yourself a good snack and just yes, hang out. Exactly. <laughs> just sit there. Perfect plan. Right. And I guess last but not least, favorite park. It's the same thing. How do you have a same how do you have a favorite child? What's <laughs> um, your favorite child today? Hollywood Studios. Hollywood okay. Studios today. But I think <laughs> Magic Kingdom is like the most sentimental for me. But mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios is one that like I really miss Phantasmic and I really mm-hmm. miss Baseline Tap House. So Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Hollywood Studios is a good park, especially with all the expansions that they've done there. Yeah, it's it's so, so cool. And I again, I still, I do love Epcot. You know, it's where I would spend <laughs> all day if you gave me a perfect day off, but. Just waiting for Epcot to get all of its upgrades. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And Festival of the Arts is happening right now. I won't go because no. I feel very safe going during COVID, yeah. but like, it, you know, that's my favorite festival. So I wish I felt safer, but. That festival is so special. I, is. I haven't been down yet for it, but I oh my am wanting so badly because it combines my favorite place yeah. I've ever worked and my favorite park. <laughs> so. And we have to go next year. We just have the plan. Good. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Abby. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for listening to Behind the Magic. At the end of each episode, we will be giving a shout out to a small business. Our very first shout out goes to Park Princess Co. They not only designed some incredible merchandise, but they also designed our logo for the podcast. Park Princess Co. offers a variety of products from sweatshirts to masks to fitness gear. My personal favorite is the 25th anniversary castle sweatshirt. You can find Park Princess Co. on Instagram and at parkprincessco.com. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.